0: Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. On Tuesday at five—actually, it's five thirty. So we're going to do the five at five, which we do every week at Performance Medicine. We're answering questions that people call in about or email us uh, every week. So I hope this benefits you. Always have great questions. I always look at them right at the end of the day, and I haven't seen these yet, so it's always kind of off the cuff and. Hopefully, I can give you some good answers. Hope you've had a great day. Um, All right, question number one. What are you doing to boost your immune system right now? That's a good question because right now, you do need to be boosting your immune system. Um, Because of this coronavirus, it may be coming on the back a little bit. You know, we're all kind of worried about it a little bit. As of today, they've extended some of the... Uh, orders in Tennessee and I've heard that they've shut down some of the beaches in Florida and California and certainly Texas is kind of rescinding some of those stay-at-home orders so um, whether or not you feel it's overdone or whatever you know I think that we're all going to know people that, that have COVID and hopefully you won't get it it'll probably be be mild if you do get it but um, some people do get sick, so the most vulnerable people should stay inside and not get around people. Um, but anyway, so what should everybody be doing right now to boost their immune system? Well, the same thing really they should be doing all the time to boost their immune system. First thing is vitamin D. You know, everybody listening should be taking at least 5,000 units of vitamin D. If you're over 50, take D with K. Um, you know, I'm taking, personally, I'm taking 10,000 units right now. Follow your levels through blood work to make sure you're at least 60 to 80 on your blood test. I think the reason a lot of people are having problems with um, with COVID, and I've talked to a lot of hospitalists, ER doctors, etc. cetera, And the people that are really at risk are the ones that come in with really low vitamin D levels. So there's definitely a protective effect by taking vitamin D. also take vitamin C, one to two grams a day. I take two grams a day, 1,000 milligram in the morning, 1,000 at night. Also, you should be taking zinc, 50 milligram with food. Now, tell all my men to get on 50 of, of zinc to help boost their T and prevent estrogen from forming from testosterone. But certainly for your immune system, um, uh, zinc, 50 milligram. And there's other things you can do, too, like elderberry. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good, L-lysine is a good one. But remember the big three, uh, D, C, and zinc. And the other things you can do to boost your immune system are exercise every day. Keep your stress levels down. Drink a lot of water. Get a good night's sleep. Um, Those are things that you can definitely boost your immune system with. So very important. Great question. Um, Second question. What's the best way to measure insulin resistance? Um, That's another good question. You know, a lot of what I deal with in my practice is hormones or weight loss. And a lot of weight loss can be tied to insulin resistance. In other words, your insulin levels too high and it stops working as you know insulin is the hormone um, put out by your pancreas to uh, bring your sugar from your blood into your cells to give you energy and so it's very important uh, the way you metabolize and form insulin Um, you know having two type 1 diabetic kids uh, for the last 25 years you learn a lot about insulin But um, the best way to measure it is check a blood test. Um, You know, the best way to do it is really to come in and get a fasting insulin level and then um, go down to Panera somewhere and eat a bagel with jelly on it and come back in an hour and let let me repeat your insulin level. I call that an insulin tolerance test. Much better than a glucose tolerance test, which we used to test for diabetes. So, this is a great test for insulin resistance. And if you have a high fasting insulin, or really a high insulin at any time that you come in, um, you don't necessarily have to eat a bagel. Um, you know, that's insulin resistance. And it means that you're pre-diabetic. You probably have problems with fat accumulation around the abdomen. And, you know, we go after that insulin level. We have medicines besides eating low carbs um, and maybe some intermittent fasting, which we're going to talk a lot about in the future. Um, check Monday's doctor's no doubt, for that. But, um, you know, <laughs> low-carb diet. I use a lot of medications that will bring it down maybe metformin maybe ozimpic uh, maybe Saxenda, victosa maybe berberine which is an herb that is great for that um, but anyway so blood tests is the best way to, uh, to measure that um, what's the difference between high dose of vitamin C and a Myers cocktail well, as you know, we just we just finished a vitamin C um, in the office not 10 minutes ago. And people get these for various reasons. Um, the higher dose vitamin C um, requires that we do a blood test called a G6PD. It's to check for a rare enzyme defect that if you have it, you shouldn't do high dose vitamin C. It's rare, maybe one in a million. So, but it's it's routine. So if you get a higher dose of vitamin C, anything above 25,000 milligrams and you need that test, but it's an easy once in a lifetime test, cheap. Um, so the difference, a Myers cocktail is a lot of times where I start out. It's It also has vitamin C in it, but eight to 10 grams. And the Myers cocktail also has some magnesium and B vitamins and various other vitamins that give you energy. So the Myers cocktail is something I take if I'm just tired or I'm jet lagged or you know I'm coming down with something. um, I'll just get a Myers cocktail. Um, Vitamin C, which you can take for the same reasons. um, Usually I use that for more autoimmune diseases, um, uh, like fibromyalgia, some people that have Lyme disease, it's an alternate treatment for that. Um, You know, it it definitely helps in cancer patients. We can't go out claiming it cures cancer, but I certainly don't want anybody to think vitamin C instead of the, the, you know, the normal cancer treatments like surgery, chemo, or radiation. You know, you still need to get the, uh, the the routine stuff there and the recommended dose but a lot of times i find that vitamin C really does have common kind of an anti-cancer effect uh, even a great diet has an anti-cancer effect um, a great book I just finished was the anti-cancer diet written by a uh, an oncologist it's amazing if you have cancer or know anybody with cancer read the anti-cancer diet Um, So, you know, we give a lot of these, um, you know, sometimes we give 25,000 milligrams of vitamin C all the way up to 100,000 milligrams. And the, the difference in a vitamin C orally and intravenously is just phenomenal. Say you take a vitamin C pill, one gram, which is usual dose lightning about 20 percent of that gets into the cell when you do it through an IV a hundred percent of it gets into the cell so a lot more potent um, I usually start out at 25,000 work my way up because if you give too a high dose the first time it could give you loose stools and people don't like that so high dose pharmacy for more serious chronic problems Myers cocktails for recovery um, and that type of thing um, and sometimes if you are just dehydrated, we'll just give you a bag of normal saline. Works great. Perks you up. Certainly if you're coming down on something, that's really good. Either Myers or vitamin C. Um, next question. I'm a 42-year-old female, and I think I have a thyroid issue. Having trouble with weight loss, etc. Should I just get my thyroid checked, or should I get a full hormone panel? Well, you know, I like to check your forty-two-year-old female, so your hormones are probably starting to drop off at different rates. Like progesterone may drop off first, then testosterone. So I like to do the full panel. I also like to check other vitamins and hormones, like vitamin D, which is a hormone, um, insulin, which is a hormone, cortisol, the stress hormone, um, but. Typical thyroid issues, and probably one out of three females will have some kind of thyroid issue in their lifetime. Usually just a suboptimal thyroid, Uh, sometimes an autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's. More rare is Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism. Um, But typical symptoms that I see of a middle-aged female with thyroid is being tired, um, having brain fog, can't lose weight, thinning hair, brittle nails, constipation, cold hands and feet, running a subnormal temperature, tendency to maybe retain fluid. Um, so definitely check the thyroid on that. And you really need a TSH and a free T3, sometimes a little more expanded profile, depending. But... Um, you know, and, and if you've been told your thyroid is normal, it still may not be optimal. In fact, most of the time, it's really not optimal. I like to kind of uh, get the TSH down to about one or maybe less and, and focus on the free T3. Um, so, yeah, you should have a check, but if you can just get one check, definitely check your thyroid. If you're a 42-year-old female, good chance that you may benefit from a thyroid replacement. Um great question we do such so much thyroid work in here last question why don't you take insurance i have a have great insurance coverage and love what you guys do that's a great question and one I talk about all the time well um i haven't taken an insurance in 15 years and a lot of people thought i was crazy to give up a big practice and go a non-traditional route by not taking insurance and but I did it out of frustration with the medical system. you know we, we have more of a sick care system than a health care system and the system's definitely broken you know if you look at the transparency in medicine, you know what the, the price is and what you end up paying how much your insurance is going to pay it's so hard to figure out that um, you know even I can't figure it out. You know here I'm a doctor for 35 years I've also earned an MBA degree it's just so nebulous and so uh, unhonest honest and random that it's just impossible to keep up with it so what I found was that you know as a primary care doctor I was spending at least half my time on a computer trying to log in stuff finding codes calling insurance companies so the patient kind of became secondary, and out of necessity, I don't blame the doctors at all on this. You know, if you're in a position where I was at the time to get out of it, you know, I encourage the doctors to do that, because here's what will happen. Number one, you become a better doctor, because you have to be a better doctor if you're taking cash. And believe me, for what I do, it's very reasonable, Um So you'll have to be a better doctor. You know, I went back and did a fellowship in integrative functional medicine, which is a field of medicine that we try to find out why you're sick or why you don't feel good, not just throw a pill at you. So it takes a lot more time with the patients and a lot more in-depth study and actually listening to the patients. So I became a better doctor. Um, I got Great patients, you know, anybody coming in and paying to me deserves to be treated great and going the extra mile, listening to them, trying to figure out, you're not just focused on an insurance code or, you know, getting the patient out of your room where you have an average of seven minutes to spend with him when you're in that system. So I got patients who really wanted to see me. Um, three, I didn't have to worry so much about, you know, the money. You know, the money's is, is, for me, it's about as good as it was before. And I'm just happier with it. You know, I, I can live with myself. I don't have any incentive to order an unnecessary test. I don't have anybody telling me, you know, administrators, etc that I need to generate more income, run more tests because we've got all the equipment. So it becomes just a better practice for me. Of course, I'll run the necessary tests and I'll have you use your insurance on those. So in blood work, you can use your insurance. If I send you for x-rays or specialty visits, certainly you're going to use your insurance. You bought it, you should utilize it. But I got into this at a great time because 15 years ago, everybody's deductibles were start, starting to shoot up. And so they had to meet that deductible anyway. So it turned out it was much more affordable to see me than it was to meet your deductible anyway. I'm certainly not going to run any unnecessary test on you. That's usually where the cost is, is the ancillary testing. Um, so um, it's just a great time. It's worked out. For me great you know here i am retirement age I, I don't want to retire because you know i know more than i've ever known and i'm helpful to patients and i'm enjoying my job you know that's kind of what it's all about so um that's why i don't take insurance um certainly if you have you know um, a medical savings plan and a high deductible which is the kind of insurance i recommend is certainly more feasible to see somebody like me than it is going through you know typical insurance scenario where everybody else is trying to figure it out so um, it allows me to focus on you as a patient only you know you get a hundred percent of my time just focused on you i'm not distracted so it's worked out great for me you know it may be for some it may not be for others i certainly try to keep it affordable and you know worthwhile and most of my patients seem to think it is you know my, patient, my practice has grown just exponentially i never would have dreamed it would have been this great with several different offices and a lot of ancillary people that work with me um, over the last 15 years so i'm very happy with that but so anyway i hope that answered it i hope you can join us on every Tuesday afternoon at about 5.30, and um, you can write in your questions to performancemedicine.net or call our office or come visit us. I hope we can help you. Uh, Thanks a lot. We'll see you next Tuesday.